Woo, my enemy was coming at me today. Hallelujah. Made it through. Yeah. All right, so we're continuing on with our discipleship training. And uh, I would be disciples should be getting somewhat kind of mature around here these days. You know, we've been at this for a minute, right? You know, now, as always, we're going to enter into the world of Scripture uh, officially with our world of Scripture poem. It says, Welcome to my world, a place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told from the beginning, and when it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Where trumpets are depicted as voices, the persecuted righteous don't complain, but actually rejoices. Here swords are likened to the word, or demons of bird, the dead are yet alive, and the living are actually dead. Blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes, they're later found to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place than the awesome world of scripture. So please, turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen. For the Royal Cockwood is about to begin teaching. Hallelujah. All right. So we're continuing on through this journey of the story of Yosef. And, and what we're doing is finding the Mashiach, you know, in the life of Yosef. Or should I say finding the life of the Mashiach in the life of Yosef. Because Yosef was a type and shadow of the Mashiach. And I mean a very detailed <laughs> type and shadow. You know, and, and you know, you don't even have to, your spiritual eyes don't even have to be really open um, all that much to see that there's various parallels within the two the two lives. You know, although I, I have had, had people actually, you know, ask me like where? You know, I don't see it. And and I just know that, you know, you know, they're just blind. God has to open their eyes. You know, um, but anyone who can see a little bit, they can see that there are many parallels between the two. Now that said, y'all told me to like, you know, slow it down a little bit. So we're probably really gonna get about one through one verse today. Crazy <laughs> guy. Maybe two, you know, yeah. mainly about one. But <laughs> but it's so much in yeah. here. It's so much in here, and it's like, you know, I mean, I'm sure, like, you guys hear me say that a lot. Like, it's so much in there, I can't bring it all out. You know, we're going to bring a lot out of this verse today. You know, um, it's a lot in here, and I'm going to show you just what I mean, you know, because um, it's, it's a lot in here you know so let's jump in you know um let me have our first reader read genesis 37 18 through 24 please and when they saw him afar off even before he came nearer unto them they conspired against him to slay him and they said one to another behold this dreamer cometh come now therefore and let us slay him and cast him into some pit and we will say some evil beast hath devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit. 
that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands, to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass, when Joseph was come unto their brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. All right, hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. We have this passage here, right? And it's concerning the capture of Joseph. And here we see in verse 18, like, you know, they're conspiring to slay Joseph, their own brother, you know, say, you know, come now, therefore, let us slay him and cast him into some pit. Now, one of the things I want to point out to you is cast him into a pit, you know, is repeated like three times in this passage. One, two, three. Now, for all you would-be disciples of Yah, when you see something like this, this is a remand. This should raise a flag in your heart and mind immediately. You know, wait a minute. The same thing has been repeated three times within this short passage, this short stretch of um, verses. Right off the rip, you should start digging and, and trying to figure out what y'all wants you to learn from that. Because I assure you that there's something that he wants you to learn from that. So whenever you see the same thing repeated three times in a passage, that is a sign or a signal for you to dig deeper. Yah has a special message in that for you. You know, if you have eyes to, to see, you know, and if you don't, you should be trying to find something at that point. Amen? You know, or at least be asking somebody, you know, can you see this? Can you see what's in here? You know, because something's in there, and it's something that's important. You know, so, uh, especially three, spiritual completion, there's something spiritual in there. You know, now, verse 23 said they stripped Yosef out of his coat. You know, and they stripped Yahushua out of his garments as well. That is, they didn't give him credit for the works that he did. Remember, we spoke about this coat, and we spoke about how it was represented you know, um, his works, you know, that that was his covering. You know, that's how they knew that he was of his father, was through his works, even as that's how they knew Yosef was of his father, was because of the coat that that um, Yosef's father, Yaakov, had given him, or Yosef's father, Israel, I should say, had given him. That's how they knew that that he was of his father because of that coat, that covering. You know, same thing with Yahushua. You know, they knew that he was of his father because of the works that covered him. You know, even Nicodemus said, we know that you're a messenger of Elohim because can't nobody else do what you do. Right? Right. You know, now, consider Matthew Yahu 27, 8, 28. It speaks of them stripping him and putting on a uh, scarlet robe. They stripped Yahshua just like they stripped Yosef out of his coat. They stripped Yahshua out of his as well. You know, so I just want to show that's another parallel, you know. Uh, and so we spoke about the remands, like, you know, 
Like, yeah, there's something, there's something to this pit thing. And I'm telling you, it's mind blowing. Man, this this one blew this one blew my wig back. If you see, I, you can take a look. Like, I don't have no hair today. You know, because uh, <laughs> this 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 literally blew my wig back. It was just it was just mind blowing to me. I was you know I was I was I had to get up and praise him. You know that's that's how good it was. You know, but um but yeah. So Genesis uh, Genesis thirty seven twenty five goes on to say, and they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh going to carry it down to Mizraim. Yeah, now this is this is there's some stuff up in here. First of all, it tells us that they sat down. Right? Alright, so what does it mean? What is the what does it mean for them to sit down? What these four words are translated from one Hebrew word, which is yeshab, meaning to sit down. But it means to sit down specifically as judge in ambush and quiet. You know, so it doesn't just mean to sit down, but it means to sit specifically as a judge. Now, once you know the culture, you can see this more clearly. See, during those biblical days, the judges used to sit in the gates of the cities. And so whenever there was an issue, they would bring the person or the people would go to the gate of the city. And those who sit in the gate would judge the matter. Amen? Amen. You know, so this is what it's speaking of. Yashad means to sit down specifically as judge. And it also speaks to being in ambush and in quiet. You know, now. I pray you can see this passage is painting thus far, thus far, um, a picture, even one in which Yosef's brother, brethren quietly or subtly ambush him and cast him into a pit that they might sit down together to judge him. Yep. Can you see that? Yep. I'm not stretching this, Emma. Nope. You know, I'm not reaching, Emma. You know, you can see this clearly. You know, to sit down means to sit down specifically to judge. So the picture that's being painted is that, you know, their his uh, Yosef's brethren are sitting together to judge mm -hmm. Yosef. You know, they ambushed him quietly because if they wasn't quiet or subtle, you know, then he would have ran. Right? right? You know, so they 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 ambushed him quietly or subtly, and then they cast him into a pit. That they might sit down together to judge him. And we get that we get that out of the first word. Yeshua. You know, now Yahshua had a parallel incident happen to him. What do you know? In Yochanan 11, 47, it says, Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees, a council, and said, What do we for this man do of many miracles? So, they gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees, a council. Now, what is this word council? This word council is sunedrion, 
number 4892. Now, check this out. It's a compound of soon, which means union, with or together, and hedrios, number 1476, meaning to sit. So it's speaking of them sitting together. Can you see that? You know, and it specifically speaks to the Jewish Sanhedrin. Now, the Jewish Sanhedrin was a group of priests and Pharisees, originally priests, you know, um, and they were a tribunal, just like I was talking about sitting in the gate, you know, and judging. Well, the Sanhedrin was the um, the group that judged over all of Jerusalem's matters, all of Israel's matters, um, in fact, you know, and so this is literally what they were doing. You know, the priests and the Pharisees gathered in a council that is a tribunal to hold court concerning Yahshua. You know, can you see that they're doing this very same thing that Yosef and his brethren did previously? Mm -hmm. They gathered together specifically to judge him before they ambushed him quietly. Yoke 9-11-48, it goes on to say, if we let him alone, if we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. In verse 49, and one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, ye know nothing at all. You know, um, now, this word Caiaphas, it means the devil. Now, here it is. We see this parallel going on with Yosef and with Yahshua. Now, here it is. We see one of them, Caiaphas, you know, standing up, you know, and saying something, you know, and Caiaphas' name means the Dell. Now, does anyone know what a Dell is? Computer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, 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 you're a modern 21st century baby. You know, <laughs> you know that's, that's for sure. You know, folks back then didn't have no idea what a computer was. You know. Ah. Uh, well, look here. I got this uh, quote from Noah Webster, you know, the guy responsible for Webster's Dictionary. He says, the moral principles and precepts contained in, in the scriptures ought to form the basis of all our civil constitutions and laws. And I am in total agreement with that. He says, all the miseries and evils which men suffer from vice, crime, ambition, injustice, oppression, slavery, and war proceed from their despising or neglecting the precepts contained in the Bible. Noah Webster. You know, that's one that's one worthy of, of reading. You know, now I too did not know what a Dale was. You know, so I asked Mr. Webster. Mr. Webster? Come on, clicker. Mr. Webster. All right, thank you. All right, so I went to the American Dictionary of the English Language by Noah Webster from 1828. 
You know, this is one of the oldest dictionaries that you can find, if not the oldest. You know, and I looked up the word Dale, and it blew my wig back. This is when my wig got blew back. You know, took all the hair off my head. You know, come on, clicker. Really? A blank screen? When I look up the word Dale and Noah's Dictionary, 1928 Dictionary, it told me that Dale was a pit, and I just almost passed out. I just about passed out. I got up and did a jig. <laughs> I was worshiping and praising. It's a pit, a hollow place, a cavity, a narrow opening. Where did they put Joseph? In a pit. Don't tell me y'all's word not true. This was there over a thousand years before Yahshua even came. This has always been there. Don't tell me about y'all's word. This is why I dedicate my life to him. Because only y'all can do that. Only y'all can do that. Y'all tells a story. Historically. And it prophesies. Of what's to come. And here it is. We see evidence of it coming. To pass. With such detail. And such improvisation, you know, as to get his get his point across by using the meaning of a name. <laughs> Come on, can't nobody do that but y'all. And people will tell you, man, man wrote this. Yeah, There's know. no way possible. I know that's right. There's no way possible, especially when you understand how the books actually came together. Especially when you understand that. You know, the Pentateuch was written way, way, you know, <laughs> way, before, at least a thousand years before the Brick Cotter Shop. Come on now. No. No. Just not happening. You know, but that just blew, that, that just blew my mind right there. You know, because, you know, only y'all can do that. You know, so... When we read Matthew Yahoo 2657, it says, And they that laid hold on Yahushua led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. You know, you should now be able to see that spiritually speaking, they led Yahushua away to Caiaphas, that they actually led him away to the pit or well without water. Anybody remember what a well was from last week? It is a holder of truth. So what represents the truth in the well? Exactly. So if the water's missing, what's missing? So you got a you got a, a man that's like a well with no truth. Can you see that? And that's what Caiaphas was. He was a well without truth. His he didn't have no water in him. Man, this is good stuff. You know, now, 
this was their, again, I have to say this. This was there hundreds and hundreds of years prior to it happening. This is just, that just amazes me. You know, Yochanan um, 11, 49 through 53, and one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year. We're going to see how, how much um, water he didn't have. Ye know nothing at all like he knows something. Now, we already know from the story of Joseph that he don't know nothing. But he talking about they don't know nothing. He said, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Yahushua should die for the nation. And not that nation only, but that also he should gather together and one, the children of Elohim that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together to put him to death. You know, so here it is. They led him away to Caiaphas. They led him away to the pit. That pit that was without water. You know, and here it is. That pit that was without water would actually do Yah's bidding and prophesy that Yahushua would die for that nation as the Passover lamb. You know, and not for that nation only, but also that he should gather together in one the children of Elohim that were scattered abroad. That is just Yahshua. You know, now verse 25 goes on to say you know, they, it said they sat down but that's not all they did. It said they sat down to eat. To eat bread. Right? To eat in the Hebrew is our call, number 3398, meaning to eat, to burn up, to consume, to devour, to dine. Amen? You know, that's so that's what it means in the physical book, but we need the spiritual understanding of this. And spiritually, to eat means to act upon, to do. You know, so I want you to remember that. To eat spiritually means to act upon to do see when you eat something when you eat something your, your body truly does burn it up yep. you have one of the hottest acids on the planet in your stomach called hydrochloric acid it literally burns it up it consumes it it devours it when you dine whatever you dine upon becomes one with you in one aspect or another whatever you eat becomes one with you in one aspect or another. Can you see that? Yeah. You know, now, to eat specifically means to act upon, to do, because when you do something or you act upon something, you become one with that action or with what you've done. You know, I pray you can see that. You know, but whenever you act upon, say, there's a command, you act upon it, or there's some instructions, you do it. You can't act upon it or do it without becoming one with it. Mm. After you've done it, you can't, you can't be separate from it. You're forever joined to it because you've done it, because you acted upon it. So I pray that you can see that. So when you see to eat in scripture, I want you to think to do Whenever you see in scripture is talking about eating, I want you to think doing. Amen? Amen. Now, in this case, what were they eating? Bread. 
Yah's teachings. You know, bread speaks to Yah's teachings and Yah's will, or either man's teachings and man's will. You know, see, those it speaks to Yah's teachings and Yah's will, and Yah's will is truth. His teachings often um, will always are truth. But man's teachings aren't. Man's will isn't. Amen? Amen. You know, so here it is. We see them sitting down to eat bread. So they sat down, that is, they came together in unity as a tribunal to judge according to Yah's teachings or Yah's will. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. You know, and this applies both to Yosef as well as Yahshua. And we have evidence of that in scripture. When, um, well, I just said that. This teaches us that in both cases, that is in the case of Yosef as well as Yahushua, the evils that they endured was, were of Yah's will. And so we see this picture that's being drawn of the brethren of Yosef and the brethren of Yahshua actually sitting down or coming together as a council or a tribunal to act upon Yah's will. Can you see that? You know, and in both cases, you know, scripture validates this. In Genesis 50, 19 and 20, we see that what they were doing you know, even at that time, even though they didn't know it, they were actually doing Yah's will. Um, let me have uh, my first reader read Genesis 50, verses 19 and 20. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am in the, for I am in the place of Elohim. But as for you, ye thought evil against me but but Elohim meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive all right let's 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 consider that for a minute he also said unto them now this is after uh Jacob had died right so his brethren got a little fearful he they said you know um they so they came to him and made up some lies actually but uh here it is Yosef says, fear not, for am I in the place of Elohim? In other words, he's saying, this was Elohim's doing. This wasn't me. This wasn't me. This was Yah's doing. He says, but as for you, ye thought evil against me. But Elohim meant it unto good. Woo! Hallelujah. To bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people. See, and I want you to be able to see this parallel. See, because even as Yah used Yosef to save his family, he also used them to save everybody in the area because the famine was over the whole world at that time, right? Everybody had to go to the, um, Egypt to get food from Yosef. Amen? Can you see the parallel? Let us consider Yahshua. Yochanan 3, 16 and 17 says, For Elohim so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For Elohim sent his, not his son into the world to condemn it, but that the world 
through him might be saved. So again, not only did he save his family, the Yahudim and the Israelites, but he also saved the world. He didn't just come for them. He didn't just save them. In neither case did he just save his family. He saved everyone included. Everyone involved. He saved the whole world in both cases. So, you know, I pray that you can see this parallel. Because there's people who's, who's out here teaching that, you know, Yah's, you know, salvation is only for his people. Foolishness. Foolishness. It's just simply because, you know, they're blind. You know, they're wells without water. Mm -hmm. You know, even as Peter said, they're clouds with no rain. Woo! Come on now, don't get me started. All right, let me, let me keep it moving. I'm getting worked up around here. All right, so here it is. He continues on. Genesis 27, 25, and he speaks about, and they lift up, lifted up their eyes and looked. So they lifted up their eyes and looked. What are we talking about? Spiritually speaking, what are we talking about? Yes, they, they lifted up their understanding. You know, and, you know, they understood now, we know that they didn't have a proper understanding. And you're going to see even that plays into the passage. Um, when you look at the word company and what company means, you know, company means, as um, in the Hebrew is oreka, number 736, and it speaks to travelers or caravan. Now, that's good. See, like, somebody tell me, where does this play, play in to the parallel with Yahshua? What, is, what does that tell us? Come on, somebody. Y'all test somebody right now. Now, we're just talking about the fact that, you know, it's talking about some travelers. Now, think about it. It's in parallel to Yahshua's, um, to Yahshua. So, how does it connect with Yahshua, these being travelers? Simon? Uh, the guy that helped Yeshua carry the cross. Yeah, I know who Simon is, but um, I wasn't thinking of that Simon, but but nah, not not uh, not that Simon either. When they came to take him away, when he was in the garden and they came to get him? So. What they got to do with being travelers? Well, they... <laughs> 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 huh? Now, I don't have nothing to do with being... They were still on the way. They were brethren. They were in the way, but what they got to do with being travelers? Okay, hold on, hold on. Like y'all guessing now. You know, I don't want you to guess. I want you to think. You know, I want you to think. Why do Israelites travel? The feast. So it tells us that it was a time of the feast. It speaks, it gives us a hint or a clue that it was around the feast time. Because that's the time that Israelites travel. They have to travel for the feast. Amen? You know, now, it says they were a company of Ishmaelites. Now, Ishmael speaks to one who's hearing from Elohim. 
you know, as well as those who L will hear. You know, now here it is. So we have some travelers that hear from Elohim. What type of people hear from Elohim? Prophets. Prophets. Absolutely. Uh, who else? Priests. Priests. Absolutely. Priests and prophets. You know, the priests and the prophets are the ones who hear from Elohim. Put it in Yahshua's vernacular. You know, we're talking about priests and Pharisees. Or you can say the Sadducees and Pharisees. Amen? You know, now, it says that they came from Gilead. Gilead speaks to a heap of testimony. So, you know, within this, we can see that we have some travelers that's hearing from Elohim, some traveling priests and Pharisees that have a testimony. You know, and that testimony is with their camels. The camels speak to worldly rationale and understanding. I know nobody going to remember that. So, but the camel speaks to worldly rationale and understanding. So here it is. We have some traveling, some traveling priests and Pharisees that have a testimony from worldly rationale or understanding. You know, that brings about spicery, which means a smiting. So it brings about a smiting and a bomb, which means to crack, a smiting, you know, and to crack. Myrrh, which means to wrap up. To, and myrrh is always associated with death, you know, and they just, it's, it's to wrap up because they used to wrap the bodies in it. You know, um, they used to wrap the dead bodies in it. You know, so talking about cracking them and wrapping them up or cracking them and killing them. You know, and going down to Mitzrayim with the letter of the word. So they're killing them with the letter of the word. So this passage is painting a picture of what you will later, what will later happen to Yahushua. You know, here it is, Genesis 37, 25 is literally painting a picture of what will later happen to Yahushua. Even that Yahushua's brethren will quietly or suddenly ambush him and cast him into a pit, Caiaphas, that they might sit down together to judge him, Sanhedrin. And they shall behold some travelers, have them testify of worldly rationale or understanding. And they shall smite him to crack him. Think with it literally cracked him. And they will wrap him up, i.e. put him to death according to the letter of the word. You know, now is this not what happened? Let us consider Matthew Yahoo 26, 59 through 68. It says, now the chief priests and the elders, the chief priests and the elders, you know, um, that's our that's our company, right? And all the council, you know, that's that's our Sanhedrin, you know, uh, back up. That's our that's our Sanhedrin, you know, um, that was actually sitting together, you know, and all the council sought false witnesses. Remember Gilead, yep. the testimony, false witnesses against Yahushua to put him to death, to wrap him up. You know, that's that's your 
That's your um, murder. And it's verse 60 said, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet they they um, found they none. At the last came two false witnesses and said, this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of Elohim to build it and to build it in three days. Now, this was the testimony that they came against them. Now, I want you to see that this testimony is according to the worldly rationale. Now, if you, re if you think back to, you know, if you remember scripture, if you think back to when Yahshua actually said this, you know, I believe in Matthew, they, they even, they have a, a, a caption that says, you know, he, he only, he meant this spiritually, you know, speaking about his body and not the actual temple. See, but they understood it from the natural rationale, the worldly rationale, you know, as if he was saying he was going to destroy the temple of Elohim. You know, I am able to destroy the temple of Elohim and to build it three days. And he didn't say that he was going to destroy the temple of Elohim. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. You know, but they said that he said he's able to destroy the temple of Elohim. And build it in three days. Can you see the difference? You know, and they were using worldly rationale. You know, even as even as we see uh, with the camels that depict the worldly rationale. Verse sixty-two. And the high priest arose and said unto him, "Answerest thou nothing? What is it that? Uh, what is it which these witnesses against thee?" But Yahushua held his peace. Take note that in this passage concerning, in the passage concerning Yosef, it never tells us not one word Yosef said. Now here it is, Yosef was ambushed by his brethren. His own brethren. You know, thrown in a pit. And with the thoughts that he was going to die. You mean tell me he didn't have nothing to say? But the text doesn't record not one thing he said. Why do you think that is? Even to show us that Yahshua would hold his peace. And of course, that's exactly what he does. But Yahushua held his peace and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living Elohim that thou tell us whether thou be the Messiah, the son of Elohim. He finally got smart. And Yahushua saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you hereafter, Shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard this blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. They did spit in his face, and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands. Spicery. Spicery, the smiley. Remember? Saying, prophesy unto us, thou Mashiach. Who is he that smote thee? You know, so I pray that you see, like, everything that was, that we're told in Genesis 37, 25, coincided with what Yahshua will go through hundreds and hundreds of years later when he will come to the earth. You know, 
that's all I have for you, Dave.